Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello and welcome back to Bone Thrower's Theater. This is Johnny. I normally play Joris Glaive. And this is Jeremy. I normally play Grayson Sleep Digby. I'm Jeff and I have been playing Demetrius Throw a Knife into him, Norden. <laughs> Jeffrey, he is asleep. Gross. <laughs> yeah. You right. And I am Aaron, and I play Brother Benedict. And I'm Jordan, and I am the GM. And what uh, session we've had. Yeah, so normally we typically try to record four in an evening, but we got a late session. Start. But we got a late start today, and it's after midnight already. So and we play, play to, uh, normally on Saturdays, and we're all church-going folks, so the morning is going to come very early. So we've decided to end a little early, and it kind of wrapped up on a very high-note cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Facing down an angry mob. Yeah. Not facing down, fleeing from. All but thanks to the rash the actions. The throwing crazy oh, no. lady. <laughs> no, the rash actions of Demetrius. But really, all of us have done something rash at one point or another. Yeah. That's kind of the point of the game, right? Is to do stupid things. Over saving someone, over the queen, over your girl, or your reputation, or... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what what did what did Grace do that was considered rash? Extreme, <laughs> but not rash. I guess we have different definitions of rash. I think that's what it's Eric a is trying to say. Itchy red bumps on your skin. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's rash. <laughs> this game might cause a breakout in your skin. Just don't insult my queen. Well, I guess maybe you know. Planting a magical gear that you didn't know what it was going to do onto a dead rival in the hopes that you could pin it on him. Well, I would, well no, see that see that that was calculated. It was a little more calculated. And <laughs> just I, I made it evil. Throwing a knife at somebody who obviously has the attention of <laughs> yeah, that's something and George might do the the undermarket because yeah. it wasn't thinking through the consequences. There was no calculation in that. Definitely no calculation. At all. <laughs> it sounds like something George might do. Yes. All I know is that the crazy lady insulted one of Demetrius's main beliefs that timing is everything and then she destroyed one of his very first clocks. Yes but in defending your statement that timing is everything you took the wrong time to throw the knife. (laughs) No, it was the perfect time to throw the knife. It was the perfect time to throw the knife because no one was expecting it. Grayson was halfway expecting it. That's because Grayson knows Demetrius <laughs> well enough to know that that was a button being pushed really hard. So yeah, I mean, isn't that my job though? Is to <laughs> ask you what your buttons are and then push them. <laughs> I, I put. I think I pushed, and maybe not Grayson's, but 
Oh, you've pushed Grayson. I'm in tonight. Tonight, no. Tonight, tonight I, I, I set out. I pushed Benedict's buttons with the the shopkeeper who froze to death in front of him. Poor Benedict. <sighs> yeah, was, I knew. I I knew horrible. as soon as that yeah. started going down. I was like, well, I know what Grayson knows what needs to happen. But I wasn't gonna stand there and try and try and convince Benedict that that's what needed to happen. Yeah, and then Joris, I was getting close to pushing the buttons with the uh, the talk of giving the crown to Willem of Orange. Yeah, but well, what, I wasn't in the room for the majority of that. So, well, what helped with that is you had the rest of the group that was sort of yeah took your stance on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe not for the same exact reasons, but no. But <laughs> and then honestly, that's the only reason I work with Cheddar is because he agrees with me that the queen is still the queen. Yeah, and then the most flagrant of all, <laughs> dirty. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it was your first clock. <laughs> there's a book. There's a there's a book of essays about game uh, game mastering that I read. Of when we started with Fun Burris Theater, it's called Play Dirty by John oh, yeah. You talked about that one before. Yeah, and it's, it's all about finding the, the, buttons. the buttons and, and all that. Like, for example, they're like, if they have a sidekick, kill the sidekick. <laughs> Poor Toad. Toad. Poor Toad. Or I'm surprised the bird's still around. <laughs> the bird's more of a tool than a sidekick. The, the, the bird disappears long enough for me to forget about it. <laughs> that's why he did they that. They say he's more of a tool than a sidekick. Yeah. So when I was actually designing Grayson's character, mm-hmm. there was a couple characters from TV shows that I had in mind. I was like, it would be cool to build a character like this. And sort of one of the characters I picked now we're talking about GMs pushing people's buttons is has a philosophy that even when your buttons get pushed, you don't go full on like hysterical. Yeah. Like your buttons are pushed, but you go to the next part of your plan. So that helps a lot if you're Grayson. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the rest of these fools, which is, which is why I guess, these last couple sessions, we've we even talked about it, how it has forced us to act differently than we would normally act. Mm-hmm. That's how Demetrius knew in the first episode of this session when Joris and Demetrius met back up with Benedict and Grayson and Demetrius saw Grayson running somewhere. It's like, oh, oh something's yeah, wrong. Like, something's wrong. We got to go. <laughs> yeah. Because that's not a normal, that's not a normal Digby thing to do. <laughs> Digby don't big running. <laughs> He's normally pretty methodical about what he does. <laughs> Only when things are going down. Yeah, the whole thing with you guys going back to Parliament. That was a cool yeah. you know, like imagery and scene. I really want to know if the voice was still there, though. Well, you can the go back. In there. <laughs> you're, welcome. You're, you're welcome to try and go there. That was completely off the cuff. That's good. <laughs> like... I, and honestly, everything that has happened around that parliament building from the last recording session with the You Must See the Crown to the Bay Banshee to that, none of that has been planned. <laughs> the, and that has been some of the best stuff of this arc of the campaign. Yeah. Best role playing goes to the GM for the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. 
the undermarket, I, I always plan for the undermarket to be a big part of tonight. And you guys have, are finally coming around to some secrets that I've been planning for a while, particularly that the bones mm -hmm. are the key. Are the key to, well, the key to getting into the St. Albrecht's. The question is how to get those bones out of there. Respectfully. Uh, or by plucking them from the wall. Or irrespectfully, disrespectfully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Irreverently. Expediently. Yes. It seems we've already pissed off the whole crowd. Let's just grab them on the way out. And well, yeah, I mean, my only issue with doing that would be uh, upsetting uh, Adrian Marr. That's the only reason I wouldn't just grab him. Because yeah. he is a useful resource. Demetrius and Grayson know nothing about the bones. Being uh, a yeah. thing, we didn't have time to share that. Yeah. Well, also, well, true. There's that. Grayson has another reason to be potentially very pissed off at Demetrius. Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, this new tool, this undermarket. This is. I'm going to establish my new kingdom now because of Demetrius. No one here likes me. Yeah. <laughs> Not no one. Just look at that. Some of them. Just, just the enemies. Just the cultists. Yeah. And the people who liked the cultists and the large crowd that we just killed this woman in front of. Yeah. I mean, half of them probably would have killed her themselves if they had a motive to. I mean, Grayson, honestly, Actually, I'm sitting here thinking <laughs> as Grayson, this undermarket thing is like, ooh, I can teleport myself here so no one can actually know that I'm coming here and do all these dealings. And it's like, especially with the uh, Cold Forge Smith. It's like, oh, I'm going to be the middleman between them and the, the crown, and oh, this is going to be great. Money, 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 money. Money, and now the crown is going to rely on me. Which is a big goal for you. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff, for ruining my life. <laughs> <laughs> Was this the fourth time? Yes. Uh, I love it when players get along. <laughs> so let's go ahead and discuss handing out points and everything like that. Uh, so we'll go ahead and everybody gets their base of 10. Johnny, uh, happy birthday. You get five and more. Yes, it is Johnny's birthday. It was Johnny's birthday oh, was. as of half an hour ago, 45 minutes so ago. So since we're handing out points afterwards, Johnny, you don't get those. <laughs> <laughs> Who died and made you do that? Uh, and now let's go ahead and discuss role-playing character advancement and snacks. All tough categories tonight. Very yes. tough, categories. tough categories. Role playing. Yes, role playing. I'd say Joris. Personally, the reason I like some of the Joris stuff tonight was because he did things that I think were a little out of character, but were very much in keeping with some of the things that his character has tried to be. Joris just <laughs> wanted to be a leader of the group. And while the rest of us were off doing rash actions, specifically in the Cheddar instance, he stayed back and, and calmed Cheddar down, knowing that it was... I can't. <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> it was a name on my list. I just randomly chose. I made Cheddar mild. Yeah. <laughs> you, you made sure he wasn't sharp. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> and so that's why I say George. That's why I was thinking Joris more because of the conversation with Edwin Marr. I was thinking um, poor Benedict with the, the frozen guy. Like, oh, that was rough. You know, it's like, what was what is he supposed to do? He tries to save him, but he can't. So I mean, he performs last rites. I thought that was interesting, too, because 
you even talked about it. I don't know if it was on when we were recording or in between episodes that last session you were thinking about, well, uh, Benedict was thinking about all the things that have gone right when he's been around. Like he was thinking, it's like, well, we tried to save this guy when we did miraculously just disappeared and now he's all right. Oh, yeah. And now we, we needed to go into parliament and get uh, Liverich out and just see, he was like irate. And all of a sudden when we go to pick him up, he just like falls asleep. We're able to just scoop him up and get him out of there, and and then tonight you're like waver to the other side. It's like like all these people that I have not been able to save. Highs and lows. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think a big part of it is exactly that. Uh, in the last session, he was very successful in a lot of ways of making sure that people were taken out of danger. And today, it well, was, it was spun that he was successful. yeah yeah, or that God was working in his favor. <laughs> Grayson was sure to spin that. And today, there's been no spin. No, the spin doctor was out. Spin doctor was frozen. Yeah. Well, I also I I liked the uh, the way that Brother Benedict responded to that that darkness, where he was just like, "All right, I'm done with I'm done with it." We're going to go in, tell them how it is, and this is going to go down. Well, yeah, <laughs> my vote is is for Benedict for best role-playing, simply because he stole the line from Grayson. Grayson <laughs> <laughs> wanted to use. <laughs> Which fits perfectly into the story. Yes. It's like, it's yeah. like Grayson was trying so hard <laughs> to be the one that everybody's going to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> but no. no. <laughs> so it sounds like Benedict got the point. Sounds like he did. Okay. Advancement. I advanced the name a lot tonight. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I would say that all of bah, I would say that <laughs> I would say that all of us advanced our characters pretty far until somebody started throwing knives <laughs> and everything just went to pot <laughs> until somebody had a temper tantrum so i want to say demetrius because he was finally able to do something about things that were happening to him every other time that things have been happening to him like things that relate to him directly He's been in a position where he couldn't do a single thing about it. So are you saying that I pick on you a lot? Or? No, I'm just saying every time. You pick on everyone pretty evenly. <laughs> just saying that, that every time that there was something. His master was yeah, getting master killed. master was getting mm-hmm. no, first coded by Quicksilver and then sucked into a mirror. I couldn't do anything about it. Then because you were stuck in a yeah, tree. Yeah, I was stuck in a tree. <laughs> and then... He died, and I couldn't do anything about it. And then and the the gear that you found, that, or the key that fell out of Master's pocket, when uh, actually uh, Grayson found the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the fact that Demetrius actually had the chance to finally respond, respond, respond to, uh, respond to a situation that and that was, attacked his character. So that probably actually added to the uh, reason why he threw the, the knife. Right. And imagine all that. Built up frustration and anger at the situation, and then, uh, and I think that's been the first truly rash thing I've seen Demetrius do. Yeah, and it, it really fits the character. Other than that, everyone else, yeah, like you were saying, had, had good Grayson, advance, Grayson advancement. Grayson got so no, far. He got, he he got, got so far. Grayson went three steps ahead and five steps back. With the the advent of the underground market alone. Mm. 
Grayson got a lot. He yeah. Well, not just not just that, <laughs> but the way he made sure he was there to talk to the blacksmith. Yeah. To mm-hmm. like the undermarket. Oh yeah, that's good. But then he established something in that. Well, we don't. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. It may still be there. It just may be a lot harder to pull off now. You got that charm. You got that charm. I do. Um, <laughs> Demetrius does not. Have I don't have charm. <laughs> but it's it's interesting to to think. And part of me wants to say yes. Okay. Yes, Demetrius is obviously the one. <laughs> to further his character the most because he made sure that no one else could. <laughs> right, that's very good. Yeah, I don't think we've handled a riot before in the, no. the system, so this no, could be fun. Is there actually a... There are not rules on how to handle a riot. I can look and Run quickly. Just yeah. start busting the heads on your way out. I probably would treat it like I I have with the like the coach chases and stuff like that, where it's you know you got to make like three successful rolls versus they're like trying to keep you there to get out, you know that kind of thing. You should look and see if there's any rules regarding zombies. I know that there is a zombie in the. I know there's a zombie character in the book, yeah. but I don't know if there's specific. I don't rules. think there's any specific rules about zombies. There might be in one of the little miniature yeah mini campaigns. Yeah, no zombies are. I'm just saying, trying to think like where where would they might have rules for riots? And zombies are pretty close to a rioting crowd. Yeah, a little slower. Uh-huh. Oh, depending on your zombies. Yes, yeah. it all depends on the zombies. But some zombies are terrifyingly fast. Yeah, I'll look at that later. Yep. that's not something to look so. at right now. Okay, so so we have a Demetrius has advancement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now the hard one. Oh my gosh. Food. It shouldn't have been so that much hard. good. So we had a lasagna thing done in a bunt cake. Oh, uh, that was so good. We had apple cider donuts and pumpkin donuts. Those were excellent. Those were really good. We had angel food cake with a pumpkin frosting dip stuff. That was that was quite delightful. And we had crab crackers with crab dip. Which yeah. was also very, very good. Yes. It's very good. I kept on going back to that Cajun dip. Oh, oh yeah. 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 That was far better than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, yeah. I, Mostly I, because I had no expectation at all. I was like, eh, it's crab like yes. store bought crab dip. It's gonna yeah. be so, so whatever. Yeah, but then they like put in yumminess. MSG <laughs> the fetus of an unborn unicorn or something. <laughs> Personally, I'm going to vote for angel food cake because of my birthday cake and I love angel food cake. We should have put candles on it, but then it would have burned down the house. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my vote. My vote is going to have to be Oh man, I'm torn. I'll have to say the, the lasagna ring. It was the most satisfying in terms of like actual food. Well, yeah, yeah. it was actual. It was actual. <laughs> it was yeah. I'm a real dish, mommy. <laughs> my vote is the crab dip. Not gonna lie, my vote's for the crab dip too. Like yeah. that's second on my list. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 If I hadn't eaten so much of everything else, I would still be eating the crab dip. I don't think I've ever seen food in front of you just sitting there like those yeah, three crackers I, are. I have crackers just sitting here and 
I can't eat them. The crackers are shaped like little crabs. <laughs> They're crabbers. Crabbers. <laughs> Said so in the box. Oh my goodness. That that's a Maryland food right there for you. Which yeah. probably I bought in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> <laughs> We're we're literally hundred yards away from this the mouth of the Chesapeake. Oh yeah. So Yeah. Give or take. Maryland blue crabs. Takes about a mile. Yeah. Unless you're my daughter, because anything that has claws is a lobster. Lobster. <laughs> so she says she said, learning about Maryland. So what do you learn about Maryland? She says, Well the state animal is the is the blue lobster. <laughs> I said, You mean crab? She's like, Yeah. <laughs> lobster is good too, right? Yes. I spent part of my childhood in Maine and apparently I was very much a lobster. I love lobster, but Maryland blue crabs. I, you know, I, I'm really enjoying where this campaign is going. As of right now, tonight was about our halfway point. And in some ways, it felt like a fulcrum for the arc, you know, because you find out all sorts of important things here about, like, the way that the, the, the Privy Council works, about how succession is would work in a normal situation. Um, you learn a lot about the magic of the Fae. As much as we can understand. As much as you can understand. Aaron mm-hmm. Mar is such a fun character to play. I, le- <laughs> I learned a lot about Fae magic. Yeah, it back to the Privy Council, I will say that's another reason why I thought everybody advanced their character, because we get, finally got people to <laughs> listen to us that hired oh, yeah. us to do the job. And yeah. They were like, oh, we want to know what you think. Let's put you in jail first. And it was like, uh, come on. I think the major issue there is Liverich is an ass. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's a pretty big issue. Mm-hmm. And and he was he was in charge of the Privy Council until today. So it felt like the, the vote of no confidence was the right thing. Yeah, to definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually going to suggest that to Cheddar, but then you went ahead and did it. So I didn't have to. I mean, even though that felt like a slower moving episode, I think that had some really good progression as far as yeah where the story could go from there and also establishing a little bit more things for the characters. Like we needed to figure out where the funding was going to come from for the rest of the weapons and be able to get that and more. I will say I wasn't expecting Benedict to be the one to figure out that the bones had the fame magic in it, or the, the the kind of fame magic that you need. I thought that was really cool that you, you got that figured out. I don't think I would have expected that either. <laughs> I think Benedict just that, saw him over yeah. there. It was figured out by Benedict. He did the same thing but, when Demetrius was down there, and Demetrius didn't catch on to that at all. <laughs> he was just like, all right, it's a bunch of bones. Well, you know... <laughs> That's I cool. think part of the advantage Benedict has was because of his religious beliefs. Correct. Right? Yeah. You know, and then with the combination of Benedict and Joris there to actually talk magic. Yeah. You get the religious side of it and then the magic side of it that sort of meets. So, I mean, you, put, you could have put any other character there, like take either Benedict or Joris out, put any other character there, and nothing would have been found out. Correct. Yeah. It had to be those two mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And the only reason Benedict wanted to follow Joris was because he was going to go look at books, and Benedict just kind of. Oh, books are fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you care more about books than weapons. Right. Right. Although Benedict's pretty 
wrote about getting a sword blade <laughs> on, his, on his staff. <laughs> and then you had uh, Demetrius and Grayson over there making uh, black market deals again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, mm. that Demetrius was not expecting to make. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Part of George's thing is he just he does not like people very much, but I think he's taking a liking to Adrian. Yeah. Which is a weird combination. <laughs> I think it's because Adrian's not human. He's not people. He's not normal people. No, he's not normal people. Yeah. He's, he's weird people. Grayson is just like, oh no, this this guy's weird. <laughs> Don't know what he's trying to say. I mean, it sounds really, it sounds really cold and selfish, but to Grayson, Adrian can't do anything for him. Yeah, Adrian doesn't have anything to offer. Right. Not so, that he can't do anything for him. He's he just doesn't understand enough about the thing to think any of that information is useful. Yeah. Yeah, that was something that came out of the conversation with Adrian that I found interesting. Like, uh, you know, having to explain to him the difference between the way facey magic. The way humans see magic, yeah, and then, you know it's not a natural thing, and like it makes me think like so humans and fae used to interact on a regular basis. The fae probably taught humans mm-hmm. to begin with. Oh, I, I very much think so. Yeah. Which is oh, that was another interesting point that was brought up. Joris kept saying it's like oh, humans we they have to be trained to mm-hmm. use magic. Grayson mm-hmm. has never been trained. It also comes from personal perspective. Okay. You know, because yeah. he was trained to use magic. His assumption is to use magic, you must be trained. Okay. Oh, that, I thought you meant that your perspective made you give you the ability to. Well, that so. too. Because not everybody is, I mean, like, you know, if this were Star Wars, not everybody is force sensitive. Right. But you can become force sensitive through training. Well, I, I well, was. You can learn yeah. to utilize the force. Yes. Depending on what RPG you're playing. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, it's, it was interesting because there are, even when building Grace's character, built it with, there's, even to him, there's some holes in his background. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't know so who he could have had are. a teacher up at one point in time. He, he thought he was related to Byram, but he actually isn't. He still mm-hmm. thinks that he was, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. He so could, He could be very much like Walshin. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking, especially with his propensity for making deals. Yeah, that is um, a, a trickster fairy type thing. You may be half fae. Well, wouldn't that be a twist? Yeah, that would be a twist. Especially, oh, that would be so hard for Grayson to wrap his mind around because right now he wants nothing to do with the fae. Right. <laughs> it sounds like fun. Dislikes anything fae. Well, at the moment, I fully understand that. Because you can't, you can hardly understand what Adrian Mar is saying, and all the rest of the fey magic you see is pure evil. Yeah. Which I mean, if you throw into the concept that oh, you need to be trained to use magic, and Grayson is never trained to use magic. Okay, where does his magic come from then? Right. <laughs> and why does he feel this overwhelming instinct to keep it secret? Yeah. Interesting. Because has it actually been revealed to anyone? No. I, mean, no. I have suspicions. He has suspicions, but that's. The rest of us still. The two of you are like, Wee! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, Grayson has spun it so that anything magical happens. Um, Benedict thinks Benedict it's like, the hand of God. <laughs> God is intervening. Yeah. And Demetrius is just like, yeah, weird stuff happens. I don't care. <laughs> weird stuff has been happening all 
Right. Weird stuff happens. I'm just throwing knives at it. <laughs> How can all of you Not turn into one just... mouse? <laughs> that was fantastic. That was a good one. There was a reason that it came out that way. Like you said it something. <laughs> the frustrating um, one. But yeah, you yeah, said the, yes, frustrating. the frustrating one. And according to Adorant, all of you were frustrated. Because mm-hmm. we're slow. Yeah. And you don't understand what he's trying to tell you in plain Bay. Except he's not speaking in vague, he's speaking in our, our common. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and for for the official reporting, I finally figured out who I based his voice off of. Uh, Christoph Walsh. He was in uh, Django Unchained, Inspector, and a host of other movies. But he's originally an Austrian actor, so his accent has actually kind of got this hesitating quality to it, at least in my mind. So thinking of him... He recently did a movie with Terry Gilliam that I saw that was really, I liked a lot. Um, but I can't remember the title because it's late o'clock. All right. Does anybody have a, anything else that they would like to cover? Just things still on the table, obviously. Is the key. The key. Yeah. Is, is still missing. Well, well apparently it's, it's in the It's cathedral. apparently in the cathedral. With the queen. Yeah. The queen's in there too. Queen and the key. According to the compass. Unless the compass is just leading us to the key, which leads us to the queen. Also possible. Could yeah. be the key to get to the other realm. The spreading ice problem. Which yeah. is the Bayban Chi realm, apparently. Yeah. What about the uh, Raymond Fire? The Raymond Fire. In the river. In the river. Yeah. It's a pretty big thing. The effects of the miscord. And the fact that the Iberians are somehow working with Bayban Chi cultists. I don't know if we should be that surprised because we knew the Iberians yeah. were already involved. Well, the fact that some of them have at least escaped. Yeah. And it sounds like she's been visiting for a while. I mean, the Iberians have been there for a while without anyone else catching wind of it. Yeah. Well, they know that Dinsham had a hand in that. So. Yeah. All right. Sounds like a wrap. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Bone Growers Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater. And also you can look us up on Facebook and Google+. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.